This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. What's good, homie? Happy New Year, homie. Happy New Year, Mike. Happy New Year to the Sweep the Rack fam. It's 2024. New Year, same Sweep the Rack. You know, we ain't changing. But we got a great year of bowling ahead of us. And, you know, it's going to be a, a, hopefully a, a very wild, interesting, uh, non-drama-free ride for us this year on the PBA uh, tour. But... Uh, well, yeah. with the new year, with the new year, comes new bowling. Comes new you know, bowling. Comes the, comes the start of the PBA Tour. You know, it's kind of been that way the last few years where right when the calendar changes, uh, the, the, the greatest bowling competition circuit in the world gets underway. And uh, we're only a few days away now. I mean, really, with the... Um, with the RPI going on right now, and I'll I'll get to that in my in my final thought a little bit, but with the RPI going on right now, I, I actually feel like there's already some pro bowling. You know, I mean RPI, you got a high level of your of your best of the best regional players. Uh, I enjoy checking that out. You know, it's always always cool to see some of those names uh, in the spotlight. So uh, I almost feel like the season has already kicked off, but officially kicks off next week. Right, officially kicks off next week with the players championship. And uh we we were just discussing before we came on that uh we'll be on the air next week as uh as qualifying is is being bold, right? So it's awesome. We love that. You know, we'll also we'll also likely be discussing our schedule and perhaps switching again to two shows a week on Monday and Thursday. Uh depending on Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah, depending on when the shows are, right? Like if the shows are Saturday, Sunday for the team and the and the actual event, then I would imagine we would want to go. We would want to go on Monday, maybe even on a Sunday night, perhaps once in a while. But uh, we try and during the PBA tour season, we try to set our shows up as best we can, so that we we get some content out quickly after the shows are over. Right, that's usually our point, Rob. So you know, we'll we'll have a talk about that. We'll kind of see what's going on with our schedule, but. Rest assured to the to the sweet the rack fam, uh, we'll we'll be hitting you with the fresh content as the as these tournaments get going and as uh, as these tournaments Mike, wrap up. Lucas Wiseman in the chat is asking if why we haven't been canceled yet because there ain't nobody to cancel us, Lucas. I mean, there ain't it's bowling. It's bowling. So like, the, in, I mean, unless you're offended by urethane discussion. I really don't feel like there's much uh, much us. controversy here. You know, there's it, it ain't like we're doing it. Now, let me say, Lucas, if I did an education podcast, I probably wouldn't get more than three episodes in it before I would get canceled by the teaching community and fired from my actual teaching job. But uh, here, no. here, I'm safe. Here, I, I, this is actually like a safe space for me. 
because yeah, it's the bowling community, and I just don't feel like there's anything to be that uh, be I do, that controversial about. I do feel like I could help you set up a big a big Mike one man show on teaching. Oh. I think that would be my you know resolution for New Year's to help you out setting the. We call it the one man show by Big Mike. A guy you know, to teach. If I did that, well, first of all, no, we wouldn't be able to mention my real name at all. And okay, if I so, did do that, you know, like yeah. you know, like the you know, like the the twenty twenties and the forty eight hours when they have a guest on who doesn't want to be revealed, and they put them in like the dark room with the shadows, and the person's just sitting in the chair, and all you could see is just a shadow. That's that's what we would have to do, Rob. We'd also have to get the voice thing, so it would just it would disguise my voice and be, I mean, you'd be able to tell it's where the mask, still, but. You could wear the mask you wore to the PBA playoffs when you uh when you watched Bill. Uh no, nah, yeah, the, that I don't even think that would be good enough. People would still be able to identify me. That's what I'm saying. I have to be. There you go, Fred. Fred dark that dark curtain. Fred John Stevenson says, "Yeah, you could just just put Pete the Purple Rose Hammer." I mean, you know, he hasn't been on in a little bit. We might have to bring him back for a a little bit of a show since he's True, uh, canceled but, officially as of the new year. But here, I here uh, I feel safe. Uh, Stephen P, Stephen P with the chat about what channel is darts on. I feel you, son. I, I feel you, son. I'd, I'd like to get into that tonight, but we don't have time. We don't have time tonight, so we're going to reserve that for a, a future discussion at some point during the season. Um, so, yeah. What about the power slap? <laughs> Those guys were the one guy. He's like the 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 goat of, of power slap. Boom. And he's the just – Nico asking what happened with having Bill back on for another parent segment. We tried right. to make it happen. We tried to make it happen right but around Bill's the holidays. Mike. <laughs> Bill's no, Mike. no, but they, it, we, we, it just didn't work out schedule-wise, and uh, we tried to make it happen during the holidays. But rest assured, rest assured, it's coming. It's coming soon enough. I mean, he's a regular around here, so uh, no doubt. All right, so, Mike, let's all right, Yeah, we got to get real into quick. it because we, have, we have a lot to, uh, to talk about tonight. So, I know, I know you're coming into the episode tonight gloating, okay, and like like walking, Stephen A. Smith wearing the Cowboys hat, like, the, like hey. yeah, like the like the the goats and that meme. Wait, wait, so let me ask with their noses. So all let high. me ask, Mike. And the reason so is because ask. I shot four eighteen two weeks ago. Okay, <laughs> I will come on the internet. I will come on the internet and cop to my bad bowling. Okay, I shot four eighteen, and I'll also say the ball down the lane and, and shoot four twenty. No, not on this pattern. Not in this house. Not on this pattern. Yeah, I challenge you to come do that. You won't even get close. I guarantee. I'm uh, lefty. Nonetheless, uh, nonetheless. Right. So I, I also will say that. Listen, if you want to come bowl me, I'll stick around and bowl action after we can get a couple games in. So if you listen to this podcast and you think, oh, four eighteen, that's ridiculous, come down and bowl. Come down and bowl. Even if you come bowl our regular thing, you want 20 a game, across, three across with series, I'll give you 20 a game, three across with series, no problem. And I'll put that offer out to almost anybody. As long as you're not a PBA regional titleist, come on down. Come on down and we can bowl. You know, So I did. I shot 418. I bowled horrendously. I bowled absolutely horrendously. I left every split. I missed every spare. And 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 here's the backstory. Here's the backstory. And I'm not making excuses, but I'm making excuses. I can't get enough of this. So that day, uh, it was the 26th. It was Tuesday, the 26th. And the day after Christmas, my mom made plans, made reservations for me and my wife and my daughters and her 
to go to the American Girl doll store in New York City, right? It's like a it's like a doll store basically. And they have a, a diner inside the doll store. So we were having lunch at the doll store. Then, then we we uh, walked around uh, like the Fifth Avenue area. And Rob, you know you know New York City, so you know Fifth Avenue. Day right. after Christmas, it but, was absolute but, madness. I love mean, it there, man. Right? Like you couldn't great. even you couldn't even move on the streets. I know okay? it's so awesome. It's it it's, was crazy. It's okay? so cool. So we went to a few stores, did a little bit of shopping, then we we. Got our ride, got our ride back to back to New Jersey. Got back to Jersey around five o'clock. This could be. I went inside. I went. I went inside. I took. I laid down for a nap. Okay, I was like, all right, I'm going to take a nap. I didn't set an alarm. I didn't set my alarm. So I wake up, and it's six twenty. And in order to make it to bowling, I got to leave by like six forty, six thirty-five, six forty. So I real quick threw on some clothes, ran out the door, drove to the bowling alley. Really didn't even want to go, but I went because I knew two people at least weren't showing up that were regulars. And I was like, all right, we kind of need people to go tonight. Let me go. you know. And yeah, I just, I absolutely bowled horrendously. I mean, just totally shouldn't have even oh, been there. Wasn't even, wasn't even in the right frame of mind to be there. So I write that night off. Uh, Bold last night. No, wait, wait, wait. Before we before we move on, before we move Go on, ahead. I'm, I'm gonna be serious here because I, I this is this is starting out the new year. I gotta look up. I gotta look up the scores. I put it out. Yeah, but I don't want to know these scores. I, I'm I'm feeling good right now. I don't want to be sick. Okay. Um, I will give you props for putting that out there, though. Honestly, like, because if that was me and I shot four eighteen, I would have probably stayed so far away from posting that on social media on twitter even talking about it on the show i mean we all know we can't get away with it uh we have to talk through it on this show whatnot but then we weren't on last week so it did give you a good opportunity not to even bring it up and we probably not wouldn't not even talk about it so i do give you props for bringing it up taking taking the l you took the l right you knew you're going to catch some abuse from me that's fine you're a good sport about it um but it shows a lot that you'll still bowl, bowl anybody. You'll still challenge whoever wants to bowl on that. If I lived in your area, I would love to take you up on that. Unfortunately for me, that's a whole nother ball game of what's going on with me right now because I probably wouldn't be able to even bowl. But, um, yeah, okay. So, anyway. All right, on to this week. Were you bowling so, on the wait, same here, pattern? Here are my games. I shot 166. I didn't even shoot 418. I shot 412. 166. 128, 118. Those are my three games. <laughs> yeah. You made 128, 118, Mike. Yeah. I don't even... <laughs> by the by the last game, I wasn't even really trying to be honest. Oh my God. You think? Using <laughs> different balls, try trying different stuff, trying to, trying to oh, around a little bit. That's so, dead. yeah, Al that's Alcatraz dead. was the pattern. Alcatraz, Alcatraz. Was the pattern. My yeah, you, you... pattern. And you know what the yeah. funnier thing is? I went to the training center like a week or two before that, Same and pattern. I bowled on that pattern and practiced on that oh. pattern, and I really felt like, all right, I got a good look. I got a good idea of what to do on this pattern. And, I mean, granted, like I said, I didn't bowl good from the jump. I don't think I threw a single good shot the, the, the first two games at least. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I – 
I absolutely uh, felt like I had an idea of what to do, and yeah, that idea was. Uh, oh, was, was that is. Wrong, I'm, I'm assuming you didn't win any pots. <laughs> no, no, didn't sniff anything. No. All right, Mike. Sorry, you, I you think, took your abuse. I think the one card game, I only had two cards, and you get cards for a mark. So I only had two marks in the game. So yeah, rough, <laughs> rough. You, you, how many? Wait, so you you had thirty six frames, and you threw two shots. Did you strike at all at, at any time in those three games? Yeah, I think I had. I think I had <laughs> maybe, strikes. maybe three strikes. Yeah. Maybe three strikes, and I uh, now it might have been four, might have been four, because I definitely uh, threw at least one strike in every game. I yo, I'm crying right now. I'm, I'm crying. All right, so you came back this week. Did you bowl Alcatraz again? No, we bowled on um, thank god. I don't think you could take that Eiffel Tower, Eiffel okay. Tower. Okay, perfect. Which actually, I had been struggling on more. Than Alcatraz, but mm. uh, but yeah, you know what? I I I made right decision ball wise, right decision way to play them. Bowled horribly the first game, shot one fifty the first game, <laughs> and then I went uh, I think two, two high two o two thirty something the last two, okay. and I I in the scratch pot I finished second by four pins. Nice, yeah, and I I I. You know, I should have won it. I should have won the scratch pot. I mean, I the game that I shot high 2-0, I think I started front five and then only struck once in the last five frames. Now, I did I did make moves on almost every shot that I threw in those last five frames, but I just didn't – I didn't. I only struck once in the last five frames and only shot – I think I shot 208 or 209. Um, so, yeah, I went like two, to high 2-0, 230-something the last two. Uh, and, and bowled pretty well. I won the I won the singles pot and the doubles pot the last game, and I had two full houses in the card game games two and three, but didn't didn't win uh didn't win either one of them. So yeah, just didn't get lucky. But yeah, I mean it was it was it was nice to come back and bowl well on it. And I'm telling you the 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 stat or um, the Eiffel Tower pattern to me is actually harder than the Alcatraz pattern, but I, for you know, I made the right decisions. I used the mastermind all night. I used the Brunswick mastermind all night and kind of just migrated like left ball. as I saw it. And that's you an know, old school. That's an old school OG classic uh, Brunswick. No, no mastermind. It just came out. It was like oh, what was season. the one that I'm thinking about then? The um, there was a man. There was a different. What was the ball before that? It was look. It was a brain. A Brunswick. Oh, it had a brain. Oh, a genius or something. No, that's why I was thinking mastermind, but it, it was something similar to that. Someone in no, the, the mastermind's the one with the big M on it, the blue and orange one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I was confusing it with the brain looking ball that Brunswick had was really good. Um, yeah, right, well, so Mike, you know, so hey, good redemption. I felt, and and I'll be honest, I I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna go this week either because oh yeah, the mindset, first... the mastermind, the mastermind, mastermind, yeah, mastermind was... mindset, all kinds of minds. I can't keep track of it. All kinds of shit. Yeah, um, it threw. Um, it it threw. I wasn't gonna go this week either because it was my first day back to work. But I felt good and I wasn't really that tired, so I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go." And uh, yeah, I'm glad I went. Bowled well. I'm gonna try. I might. I might go to the training center Sunday and get a session. Uh, there's there's a couple local tournaments coming up. There's like a local masters tournament for the county that I bowl in that I'd like to bowl if I can. And uh, 
There's a couple other local events that I'd like to go to. You know, I saw Dougie in the chat earlier. Shout to him. He ran a really good mm-hmm. event on New Year's Day with a few different patterns. Shout to Steph. He finished, I think, in the top four in that event, I know. Uh, I, he, he, he had a faux pas at the end. He had a chance to win and didn't throw real well. But shout to him uh, for his finish. And, yeah, I know there were a couple good scratch bowlers in the, in the scratch final as well. So I watched a little bit of that on YouTube. Um, but yeah, it's my league review for this for, for the last two weeks, actually. So we're back at them again. I'm not actually, I'm not going this week because my daughter, that's another reason I went on Tuesday because I knew if I didn't go on Tuesday, I was going to miss two weeks in a row. Uh, my daughter has a chorus performance, uh, next Tuesday, so I won't be going, I won't be going next week. I'll be sitting Sing out it. and then I'll be Sing back. On, dancing. I'll be back in two weeks back on Alcatraz again. And I promise you, you want to hit me? You want to bet me? You know, bet me. I'll take Venmo. I accept Venmo and all that. We could do an over under. You want to go over under 480, 490? No problem. You want to go over under even 520, 530? I think I could do that. So, yeah, I expect to bowl a lot better on it. I just gotta, I just gotta figure out what ball to use. I can't, I can't figure out if I want to play them in and use something that doesn't hook as much, or if I want to play out and use something that hooks a little more because they get, they get, they're really tight out to me on that pattern and they hook a lot in. And, uh, and I couldn't, I couldn't make up my mind about what I wanted to do. So I got to make up my mind about that. Gotcha. Yeah. Somebody's asking if I'm bowling the masters where the entry went up on new year's day. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I care about the extra 10 bucks and, and I'll be honest, I think it's a, it's a crappy policy of tournaments to do that anyway. You know, we, we already don't have enough people bowling, especially like scratch sport events. So why make it any more challenging or or uh, give people a reason not to bowl? You want to give people every reason to bowl. So let them walk in and pay the same cost as somebody who pre-registered. Just because somebody decides on the day of the tournament that they can bowl or they want to bowl. You know, what if somebody had an injury and they wake up that day and they're feeling good? What if somebody had plans and they got canceled? You know, and they're available now and can bowl. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't agree with that as a general policy anyway. So, gotcha. Yeah, inflation, Mike. You know. It's, we're, it's... All right. Well, you bowled and you got oh, injured. God. I oh, wish I would have got injured. That's what I should do. Too. If I if I don't bowl good the first game, I should just say I should just say ah, I'm injured. I pull pull. Well, it's funny because that's what it actually looked like that I did because I was I wasn't bowling very good. Um. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be quick here because we got a lot to get into tonight, and I don't want to be here for two hours either. Um, <clears throat> last month I went to the training facility and I bowled an hour B three. I'm talking about a month ago. <clears throat> the last shot of the practice session after like the time was almost up, I um, shot a four pin, and actually Adam Mishman was there watching. And I after I threw the shot, I was like, oh shit, what was that? Like something like kind of like shot my arm a little bit, like it hurt a little bit. And I just didn't feel right. So I said, oh, shit, I'm just not going to bowl anymore. So I did it. Um, I took two weeks off to, to, to because I just wanted to let it heal, whatever. I went back to practice. I, I actually worked out. I did some, some, some weights, light weights. Felt great, no pain. Felt like, okay, I could probably bowl again. Uh, I went back to B3. The same exact thing happened again to me. I bowled an hour pain-free. The last few shots, I started feeling it in my arm again, the same place, right? 
I, I kind of stopped. Um, and then I threw another shot and then I started to lose strength in my arm. Like my whole arm felt like it went dead. Um, so I didn't bowl. I didn't pick up a ball. I didn't throw a shot, put it down, left. Um, decided that I was going to not, I wasn't going to bowl again for a few weeks. I didn't. I went, decided I already signed up to bowl this tournament. It's complete bowling events in New Year's. Went there, felt good, practiced, started out awful. I think I was like 2-8-10, wash out. I mean, it, it was literally, I, I think I had like a 25 and a third. Had nothing to do with my arm, though. I just, uh, you know, made a couple bad shots, couldn't leave a makeable spare. I got to like the seventh frame, and I started to get a little bit comfortable. I started making moves, started to switch balls, started to like – pick it up a little bit. It felt like I could maybe bail myself out of a 170 that game, 180. Um, didn't feel like the scores were going to be really that high, and I could probably open it up. And then I threw a spare in the seventh frame, and I felt it again in my arm. And it felt like someone literally took a bullet to my to my bicep. Like, it was that sharp of a pain. It was, it was bad. Then I decided, like, I was going to try one more shot, and I did. And after I threw that shot, came back my arm was 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 awful i went to pick the ball up for the next frame and i couldn't i couldn't pick the ball up i had no strength in my arm um so i dnf'd i i i went there for an hour um to dnf uh to pay a hundred dollars to dnf that's what my um bicep looked like do you see the bruise and how it's swollen mm. That's what it looked like after I bowled. I took a picture. Um, I have an off-throw appointment on Wednesday of next week. It still hurts. It's not as bad. I could move it. I have full like flexibility of it. Um, but it is tight. It is tight. And I do feel like if I move a certain way or if I put if I lift something, it it, it could give out. So I'm going to the orthopedic appointment. The earliest I can get the orthopedic appointment was on next Wednesday. So I'm going to go there, and then I'm most likely going to probably have to do some kind of x-ray or MRI to see what's going on. But for now, I'm not bowling. I'd be stupid to pick up a bowling ball until I find out what's wrong with it. Um, I could have a micro tear. I could have a pull. Uh, and then, yeah, we're going to see. But there's a good chance I've signed up to bowl the regional in the end of this month. Probably a good chance I'm not bowling. Um, I'm probably gonna have to give it. As for the tat and the masters right now, up in the air. I'm not. I'm not bailing out or DNFing of any tournaments yet until I find out what the doctor says. The doctor could tell me, yeah, you'll be good in like a week. The doctor right. could tell me you're gonna need surgery. I mean, there's a lot of different things they could tell me. So we'll wait and see. But you know, unfortunately for me, I'm gonna be on the shelf for a, probably a while and. If they tell me, you look, you're going to need two months off, I'm probably going to take four months off, honestly. I'm probably going to take – I'm not going to rush myself back. I'm not going to need to rush back. I'm unfortunately going to just have to, you know, bail out of the tat and, and the Masters and then just let it heal up and then maybe come back, like, mid-year, like July. So, yeah, so that's kind of really the quick story of, like, what happened. So let me ask you this. How many undrilled blanks do you have currently? I've always, I always have undrilled blanks, Mike. You know that. I mean, I still well, got listen, if you're tour, taking, I got a high road. If you're taking a four month break and you want to send, you know, you want to send some over my way, 
some of the ones you were going to drill more recent ones and not feel free. You know, you can always spread the love. No, I mean, I got an IQ Same. tour that is going to be good all the time. If I, if I got to drill that six months from now, it's still going to be good. Yeah, no, that, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a gem. That's a gem. Yeah. I'm talking, I'm talking stuff. You have no idea whether it's, whether it's good or not. No, I drilled no, everything. No opinion. You know, you want to send those over, you send those over. Eric asked me, what's the oldest blank I have? I have a 16 pound blank blue thunder under my uh, bed. Gem. Blue Thunder, the OG Blue Thunder. There wasn't ever pulls a it out and of sleeps it. with it every once in a while. I heard. I do, I do. I love that ball. Um, one day I'll sell it when um my house is up for foreclosure and I need the money. No doubt. Anyway, so that was it. Yeah, sucks, man. All right, so oh, that man. wraps up our our bowling nonsense. Some uh, sad, getting... sad displays of fucking bowling oh, stories. Oh my god, tonight. we're terrible. We're we're terrible. <laughs> I'm injured. You can't bowl 420. I mean, this is just a nightmare of a league review. I know. Um, Absolutely, I hear you. I do have a blank purple hammer, though. I have a uh, Kevin Weeks in the chat. I do have a blank purple hammer. It's the OG 2019 Kentucky. Uh, 15 pound purple uh, hammer blank in this original box It's still in the original orange bag too um and yeah uh lucas um i hey i wouldn't have made it this far if i was wasn't shooting blanks so uh being single yeah thanks theo man he he ruined my uh my my return he's in the chat uh shouts to theo though for understanding and uh, um like apologies to the people on my pair too i know matt's in the chat he was on my pair, man. I hate leaving them. We already had five on a pair when there was six on a pair every other pair. And then I had to bail out, leaving them with four in a pair when everyone else had six. So I'm sure uh, that wasn't great for the people on my pair having to wait for the next game. So my apologies to those people. Um, I, if I trust me, if I would have been able to bowl. Uh, it was the only second time in my life I've DNF'd, Mike. Do you want to know the first time real quick? First time I bowled a PBA national stop when it came to Fountain Valley. And I was in 35th place after two qualifying blocks. It was three qualifying blocks. And I had the dead flu. I literally had 100, 102 to 103 degree fever. My dad was with me. I had the sweats, the shakes. And here I was bowling, and I couldn't feel the ball because my hands were so clammy. And they were so, like, had, I literally went over to Kirk Von Kruger uh, and was like, hey, I'm DNFing. And he was like, he kind of was angry at me for DNFing. And I'm like, bro, I have the flu. Like, you know, he was kind of an asshole about it. Uh, but uh, that event in California was, I don't remember the year, Nico. I was probably going to be somewhere around like 2016. Um, I had a stack pair. Theo, who won the event? Who won your Cortez, event? Cortez Schenk. Hmm. Hmm. He's he's okay. so good, dude. He's so good. Good 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 players at the event, I would imagine. Then yeah, Brett Wolf, Brianna Cote, okay. uh, Cortez, Wesley Lowe. Okay. I mean Matt Jones. I mean you could just go down the list of the players that he could show out to his events. Um, okay. Yeah, you have P everywhere from PBA players to great amateurs. And what was uh, this? This was New Year's Day, or this was the thirty first. Thirty first. Okay. Yeah, New Year's so. Eve day. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, no doubt. All right, let's talk about some real bowling stuff here, Rob. Let's talk real bowling. We got a lot because um, the season is underway. The season is starting. So is. tonight is our is our PBA, PBA preview show where we like to speculate 
and uh, put our thoughts out about what we you know, what we think about the season, where we think the season is going to go, uh, highlights that we're looking for throughout the season, perspective bets we might make if 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 we were uh, wagering on the season the way that we would like to. Uh, but before we get to the preview, I know that's what the people are waiting for tonight. But before we get to the preview, uh, Jeff Rickles, Jeff Rickles, uh, associate of the show, uh, always always watching over us on 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 Twitter, uh, always quick to to call out, sweep the rack for our our out of line speculation over here for and, our debauchery. Yeah, for our opinion, <laughs> our opinion based debauchery, right? Uh, <laughs> All about chaos and nonsense that we he, spew. He dropped an interview late last week. Uh, with Tom Clark, he did an extended interview with Tom Clark. Good interview, was a good interview. It was the it type was of interview, interview I wish I wish we could do that type of uh, interview or questioning of of Tom and get a little bit nah, deeper into things. We're too we're too off oh, the much cuff. Of a, off the cuff. We like to have a little bit too much fun with things. I think we kind of get a little bit out there in our interviews sometimes, which makes our interviews kind of fun. Jeff is pretty down, like he's got it pretty down packed, like facts. And he does, you know, very uh, solid, like, you know, journalistic interviews, you know, when we're just completely off the fucking chain, like we're off the rails when we do some of our interviews. I don't know, that's, that's, that's one of the things that I argue with him about is I, I feel like I feel like there's some opinion in, in everything. But, See, but Nico, I'm surprised, Nico, because you're saying like we've done our in, we've done interviews with Tom. Tom has come on our show before. Yeah, Tom did an interview with Chad Murphy. So I'm surprised you don't know that, Nico. Man, yeah, you're a super fan. You didn't know that interview we did with Tom. So Jeff dropped an interview with Tom Clark, and uh, you know it was a good interview. It was interesting. If you guys haven't checked it out, you should check it out. I mean, I know you have to have a subscription to Jeff's blog, but uh, you should definitely check it out. But Rob, I what what were the highlights to you? You know, what, 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 yeah. what direction you want to go in, in the interview? So and there were a couple things I thought great were interview. Worth, worthy um, of comment. Great interview. The first thing I have to mention is uh, that we got a few blurbs. Uh, we had a few uh, shout outs. Uh, that's what in you want to call it? If that's what I you mean, call it, strays, I would call I mean, it, I would call it shots, shots taken at us. A little bit. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, so essentially there was a, uh, asking, uh, there was a question and I'm going to read it word for word. Uh, the 2024 PBA tour schedule has a lot of changes. Lots of things that I think a lot of fans excited and have some of the podcasters like sweep the rack all fired up because you stole their ideas. Parentheses laughter. I mean, like is that laughing. is that teeing it up, Jeff? Could it you is, have teed it, it up any more for him? Come I know. On, it's like who you think these guys Come are? On. They're crazy. Come on. Um, and uh, uh, Tom responded. I think I saw that on Twitter. And it's hilarious because we started the PBA League in 2013. And the first year of the league, we were going to different cities. And the first show that we ever did of the PBA League was not the finals. It was week one in Detroit, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, he talks about then the podcast saying, um, so the idea that we suddenly decided to watch a podcast and figured out how to have matches at each tour event is pretty funny. I'm glad they like it. I'm glad that they had those thoughts. Because they're guys who love bowling, which we do, and they talk about it a lot of pe- to a lot of people, which we do. I love that, and I want them to keep going. Thanks, Tom. We appreciate that. But I mean, sometimes you have to question everything someone says when they have that level of fantasy. We talk about a quick, 
talk about uh hey we you, we love you guys we think you do a great job but you're living in a fantasy world he's very quick to to piss on the idea that anything we say on this show influences you know uh, what goes on and, and i'll be honest like i'm not even going to get into the argument uh if i wanted to i would hit up jimmy I would hit up the Ring and Ten, the Mean God, and I would tell him, "Yo, we need to go through old episodes and chop up all these suggestions we made, all these things we've said, uh, because some of this stuff, Rob, we haven't just been saying recently. We've been saying it for a while. I yes. mean, you can go back to like even even the end of the season last year, where we talked about some of these various things that we'd like to see change, and you know." Uh, so I don't know. I mean, if his if his explanation is all oh, well, by the time they said it, we already had things set. Well, I don't know if that's really true, Tom. I'll be honest. I don't know if that's really true about a lot of what we say here, because I think a lot of what we say here, uh, you know, we've repeated. You know, and it's it's ongoing conversations. It's not it's not just something that's taken out of the context of of at that moment. Um, do I? I mean, can do you just I can care? You like- do I care? Whether whether it influenced things or not, no, I couldn't. I honestly couldn't care less. But I do find it if 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 that's what Tom says, I find it extremely coincidental that the things that we harped on are gone, and the ideas, the exact some of the exact ideas that we talked about are are implemented. So yeah. whatever. If that's like- if that's a complete complete one hundred percent coincidence, well, well, by golly, you know. I but care. I don't care. I think any 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 uh any press is good press in my opinion. If they're going to talk about us in their interview, that I'm fine with it. Um, but uh, you know, I think it's it was pretty obvious. Uh, with the league kind of stuff, where like even I was a little, like one really campaigning for like having. The shows uh, when we do the schedule, like where we do in the the league on the certain weekends, where they have the Masters or the or the U.S. Opens or the the majors. I don't really, honestly, like it's cool. I just, you know, for him to say that we live in a fantasy land, I think he was just kind of in, talking about that, like, oh, we're that we're this is like a whatever. Like I, yeah, I don't care. But I think it was kind of cool to see like the podcast name in the interview. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? We we made it. We out here. We out here, bro. Um, uh, anyway, um, back to so some of the real stuff that they were talking through, because I think there's a lot of interesting points here other than the, the strays that Sweep the Rack took on during the interview, because they brought us up a couple times and they took some strays that we took some strays. Um, uh, interesting tour trials coming back for 2025 that he's interested. I'm not, he didn't say that they were for sure doing it, but he was looking into it. So, Mike, is he taking your idea of uh, a smaller ex- ex- bringing back a smaller exemption field for the PBA tour? Well, you would think so, right? If there's going to be tour trials, then you would imagine that there's going to be some sort of uh, exempt exempt tour, you know, exempt set of players. He also mentioned in the interview somewhere, and I didn't, I didn't read. I'm going to be honest, I didn't reread the whole thing for for our show here tonight. I so, did, I, um, I did. I'm 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 recalling from my my past okay. reading of it. I believe somewhere in the interview, he also talked about wanting a smaller group of players or like having that idea previously. 
which which again is an idea that I brought up on here, and I've I've said openly a couple times that if I had my druthers, I would make it. There's 16 guys, and that's it. You know, if you ain't one of the top 16 in the world, I'm sorry, you don't get the bowl on tour. And if you want a bowl on tour, then you got to earn your way into the top 16 in the world. Now, how you earn your way in is another part of the equation, right? I think that you can you can build that to look like something that players would want, and I've talked about that. But uh, yeah, that was another thing me. that I that I that I mentioned here. Go ahead, go ahead. You want to you want to highlight it? Yeah, um, he says that he wants to see Tor Charles come back, and that Tor Charles needs to have ramification. Where if you earn a spot, you just don't earn a spot; you earn something else. And he's working on that. So there could be more than just earning a spot. I don't know what that means. What other ramifications? Well, wouldn't wouldn't that allude to the idea that if you earn a spot, you're also going to earn a spot on a team? Maybe, yeah. Which is a which would be an understandable like rule, right? Like if you exempt and you you should be you have to be on a team. Um, and, uh, so that can impact the number of people that are safe off the points list in 2024. And besides always only wanting the best in most of our events, we are also really committed to one squad events. Um, and there's only a certain number that can fit into most of these bowling centers. So he's also talking about one squad events and I, I don't disagree with that either. Right. I think to me, that's the fairest way you're going to run a tournament is if it's a one squad tournament i think you run into a lot of different scenarios where uh different squads are better than other squads when you bowl tournaments like the masters where you have an a b c and d squad right and you, you kind of luck of the draw getting the good squad where the you know the lane conditions are more favorable um so that was one topic i don't want to talk too much about that um so that was the one to tour trials in the smaller fields I really only saw a little small blurb about gambling, Mike. Um, I would like if Jeff ever brought back Tom, I, I, I would like him to ask more questions about the future of where he sees gambling in the sport because we always talk about it. Does he see us going to do the, does he see the PBA trying to get a partnership with a um a DraftKings or an MGM or you know somewhere where there might be a better reach to people in more states? to gamble um so i'd be curious for that question i only saw a little bit about gambling i know tom is a big campaign he's a big supporter of gambling with bowling he's we talked about it when he and when we interviewed him on sweep the rack um so uh years ago so i mean that was the one other point mike i don't know if you want to i'm sure you'd want to ask him some more questions about the gambling thing for bowling right and where he sees the future of that for sure uh I think another interesting was that Walter Ray um, took his name off the RPI trophy because he didn't like the format of the RPI. Uh, I thought that was kind of weird. I mean, who would want their name to be off a trophy, Mike? If there was a Brooklyn Rob trophy, I wouldn't give a shit if it was a, a three-frame format and they were giving you a trophy like my name is on it. Fuck. Like, I mean, I see Walter Ray bowling everything. Like, He bowls everything. Like he'll show up to like a nine pin no tap handicap cosmic event at his local house. So I'd love to hear from him what he didn't like about the format or what he th felt about the format that would cause that type of reaction. And I believe they put Chris Warren's name on the trophy. Yeah. I, I read that because he's got like 58 regional titles, which is absolutely insane. 
so yeah, they wanted to, you know, so I did they remove Walter's name and then put Chris Warren's name on it? Like, I guess that's, I, know, that's I think weird. starting next year, yes, they said starting next year. Yeah, I believe. Uh, Kevin Weeks in the chat says PBA needs a partnership with FanDuel so McAfee can get in on the passive advertising. <laughs> Kevin, could you imagine if? If Pat McAfee had had Brian Voss on, what are you comparing you, Voss to? I don't want to get into this. This is, <laughs> this is the bad I mean, topic. What was it? <laughs> I'm just saying, if you follow my man on social media, you know he's he's deeply I mean, into the into the politics and and uh, yeah, fringe fringe theories. I will say, fringe dude, I theories. love Pat. Kevin Hebert and Chat says they should make the Team USA Trials Trophy the Brooklyn Rob Cup. I will get into that in my final thoughts, FYI. Um, but uh, yeah, like I actually, FYI, I reached out to Brian Voss uh, to try to get an interview with him. Uh, but I, I don't know if uh, I might have to do that interview solo because if that ever went into the the political uh, agenda, uh, I might we might have to try to bring it back to bowling, like. Like it's the last oh. thing we need on our show. Um, anyway, uh, okay, a few other points here I, I wrote down. Um, looks like they're going to go back to three keepers for the league next year. Uh, be, the only reason why they kept two keepers was because of the they they got eliminated by two teams. Um, he did five. mention should, it be, should five. be five. It's the but, dumbest thing. It's the dumbest thing. Like yeah. any team should be able to keep the whole team if they want to keep the whole team. Right. It just makes zero sense that if you win. You have to give up players from a team that won, that has good chemistry, that's the defending champs. The defending champs shouldn't get to come back and defend as they are if that's what they choose to do. I mean, every sports team has to give up players even after they win a championship because of contracts. Mm, and but, but not, not – we're only talking six players here, Rob. Oh, yeah. like, like there's NBA teams. There's NBA teams. There's mo- numerous NBA teams. Who came back and defended championships with the same exact starting five that they did the year before? Okay, yeah, so I get like, it. We, you know, I, we, I can't, we can't have that in bowling. But I do think a cool change is that there's going to be a free agency. There's going to be two free agency waiver wires, and one of them will actually be from March 4th to 14th. I thought that was an interesting uh, point because uh, people are going to be able to drop and pick up new players in the midseason, and there might be some new eligible players if. Some players that weren't eligible before win win a title in the first three months. So there might be a hot player that nobody has on the league that maybe wins a few times, and then the manager is going to have to make a tough decision to drop someone. Um, and I do like the change that they made of bringing six players instead of five. So like stuff that happens to like Bill, what you know, this past league where Bill didn't go because he was afraid he would hurt his back, and they wouldn't have a four, a fifth player it gives that someone like bill to able to chance to go knowing that if he's camp bowl at least they have someone who could fill in for him and i think it also puts more pressure on the managers to actually manage right and that's just knowing college bowling right and being being we used to travel with six to sometimes seven to eight players and you had to rely on your coach to know when to put certain players in uh and substitute at the right times it, 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 there's a lot more strategy when you have to deal with substitutions for the managers. Agreed. Make them earn their keep, Mike. Um, there was also a synthetic lanes comparison because they brought up the string pins with Tom Clark. Uh, from the article, it doesn't sound like uh, Tom Clark uh, is a big fan of string pins. Um, it got the sense that he doesn't like string pins. 
he's never bowled on the certified string pins, which he acknowledged, and he says he will. And uh, he is, you know, going to see what, it, you know, he's in, he's kind of on the same, I think, idea I am at. If it's going to, you know, if it's going to progress the sport of bowling and it's going to keep the bowling centers open and, and it's going to make bowling better because of that fact, then he would entertain it. But it doesn't seem like he's a fan of it. And uh, the last thing that I have is that the network hates seniors. Uh, that was a point that I wrote. Um, I think Tom Clark tried to get the PBA 50, the senior U.S. Open specifically on a, a, a show, like a Fox show or whatever network show. He didn't obviously want to piss off any of the networks, so he didn't call them out on the in, in the interview. But he says that the, net, the networks gave him the big X when he brought up the seniors being that they're, the demographic is to try to go after the younger people. So what does bringing the seniors on for a show do for the sport? I kind of disagree. I would love to be able to see the PBA Senior U.S. Open on Fox, um, and to get a uh, uh, you know a little bit of nostalgia, right, on the old senior uh, players. You know, if the Senior Tour was on Fox, you know there was going to be some guys like Pete Weber, um, Walter Ray, uh, a lot of guys that we grew up watching would have probably made that show knowing it was on TV. Uh, yeah, and then other than that, um, the U.S. Open and the U U.S. Open and the Masters are going to be allowed to throw all urethane that the USBC certified uh, on the show as well as during qualifying. So that was pretty much the interview. Yeah, good interview though. I definitely suggest people check it out. Uh, you know, any any time you hear from somebody who you know is involved involved that closely in the ongoings of uh, of, of the sport that we all love to follow, you know, obviously it's something that uh, that most of us are going to be interested in. So. We just wanted to touch on that. Uh, Hirsch Bowen, Hirsch Bowen, giving us a giving us a transition here. Rob, have you guys talked about Mikey Tang not coming back to the PBA? I'll be honest, Hirsch, like that's nowhere on my topics to discuss. I think there's a lot of other important and interesting things to discuss, but I got to be honest, I don't really think that's one of them. Uh, no, you know, Michael Tang, great bowler in, in his own right, but uh, on the tour, he's kind of been a non-factor. Uh, and obviously has the business and he has a family now, I believe. And he, from what I see, you see on social media, he was actually trying to make the transition to two hands. So you definitely don't want to be going out and pissing money away left and right on the PBA tour every week when you're basically trying to transition to a different style. So, yeah, I, I think that had been mentioned long before too, uh, by someone like previous to the PBA league, I think on beef and Barnsley, I had heard that a while back that he wasn't going to be bowling this year. So sort of old news to me uh, in that regard. But, yeah, not definitely not on our topics to discuss tonight. But, Rob, we do have a lot of topics to touch on tonight with the start of the PBA Tour. So I'm going to let you choose. The people kind of know how we do things. We give a rundown of, of, of what our, our quote-unquote picks are going to be for the year, uh, how we think the season is going to play out a bit. We have some different categories we'll touch on. And then uh, I have I have I don't know if Rob has any made up, but I have some hypothetical bets that I would probably be putting down uh, if we had if we had uh, preseason action on the PBA tour, which I, I don't think we do. Uh, Bet Rivers, if you're listening, you want to get something up before next week in terms of being able to do some PBA futures for this season. Uh, definitely something I would be interested in anyway, uh, but. 
Rob, I'm going to let you decide. What do you want to talk about first? What direction you want to go in? Um, we're going to start with the kind of smaller awards, and then we're going to um, go to the bigger awards. I think uh, the last we're going to save the best for last. Um, so the first category is uh, let's talk about who you think the breakout player of the year is. Um, okay. I'm going to give I'm going to give my breakout player of the year because I actually have already mentioned him. Uh, I think Cortez is going to break out player of the year this year. He was rookie of the year. Um, and I have the, um, honor to watch him practice when I go to B3, he's there when I'm there, um, and watch him bowl at the complete bowling events, seeing what this kid is capable of doing just from like bowling myself. And, and I think Tez is going to be in the top, you know, 15 to 20 this year. Uh, you know, he was in like, I think the fifties or sixties points. Um, but I think he's going to break out, and I I I, I think he's going to make a show uh, or two, and I think I'm, we're going to see him in the top 15 or top 20 this year. Okay. It's a good pick. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. Uh, Kevin Weeks says his breakout player of the year would be Santu. And Kevin, I think that would have been last year. Kevin, right? I agree. I agree with you, Kevin. I agree with you. However, uh, he's injured. He's injured, and he was. How actually, bad is he injured? He has to be know, pretty bad he was, injured. He he actually like kind of kind of made. He didn't make himself unavailable for the PBA League draft, but he definitely let it be known that you know you were taking a risk if you draft him, and he he wasn't. I think he was drafted, but he wasn't. Drafted I think that's a storyline. I think that's a storyline to look for this year because I Santu would have obviously been two of my like award winners here, but he's injured, so it's a big question mark. Okay, so. With with that said, uh, for my breakout player this year, and I some some people, and I, I think this person might even I'm not sure if they have a title. If they do, I think it's a doubles title. Uh, so some people might fault me and say, "Oh, you know, that's not a breakout player. That's somebody who's already known." But they didn't have a good season last year. They didn't. They they have not had a. They, you know, they weren't really on the radar at all last year. Uh, and I'm going to say Mitch Hoope. Hmm. I'm going to say Mitch Hoope is the breakout player of the year this year. Really? He 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 switched to Global 900. He went over to the Evil Empire, and with his kind of game and and you know, I just I think that might be a good move. I might be I think that might be something that pays off for him. So yeah, if you if you force me to take a breakout player for this year, uh, I would take Mitch Hoope. If you don't like if you don't see now, Steph in the chat saying Packy, but Packy won two titles last year, and he kind of would have been my breakout player for this year or for last year. I also, I also think uh, Kevin McCune. But can you make somebody who's won a major already a breakout no, player? I don't no, think no, he no, can. No, 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 no. Right. No, so no. AJ Johnson was another name that came to last mind. Year. But again, he won a title. At the Lucky Larson Masters, he's so not like, breaking. No, there's no do breakout. Do I really player. consider him a breakout no. player? I really don't. No. You know, I think I think Mitch Hoopé is like is like borderline in that regard. Yeah, like so someone like even AJ Chapman, right? Who didn't get who didn't get picked this year? I think would be a an also honorable mention for breakout player of the year. Has something to prove. Chip on his shoulder now. Kevin says Joe Grandin. I like I that. like that. Pick. I like that. Oh. Kevin, I also thought somebody that I had on my list. I didn't go with this person, but I Frank Snodgrass. Snodgrass. Frank Snodgrass, you sure. know, uh, I mean, is a, another is another guy that I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year 
you know, we're, we're talking about his name a little more. You know, Andrew V, Steph, uh, th- saying Packy and Justin Knowles going to have a good season this year. But, guys, listen, it seems like you're disregarding the impact that the that the your thing can have on things. Okay. Um, we're going to talk more of my other awards. Let's go through some so, of the other awards. All right, all right. Let's okay. go. Okay. Um, so we're going to buy stock and sell stock. Now, keep in mind, remember last well, year. Let's, let's do the other awards first. Okay. Let's do the other awards because if we okay. if we do the buying and selling stock, it's going to make it too obvious in terms of the other awards. Okay. So, so pick, we have a breakout player of the year. So I have breakout player of the year, which is different than comeback player of the year. Okay. Comeback player of the year, right? Okay. Meaning I, I have Sean Rash as my comeback player of the year this year. Mm. Just because I see I, I see how hard he's working. He was literally 20. 31st in points in last year. Uh, and I, you know, I have to believe a lot of that was from being injured. Obviously, we talked to him multiple times on the show. Friend of the show, Sean Rash. I see how hard he's working. If he can get himself healthy, I think he's a top, you know, obviously he's a top 10, even top five player, but top 10 for sure if he's healthy. So I've, I put him as my comeback player of the year. Okay, Kevin Weeks, Kevin Weeks and Tobias took it from me. Frankie. I, I think this is an easy pick, and I think it's Frankie Louvois. Uh two-time US Open winner. Yeah, sure. Uh, has shot 300 on TV, working with Mark Baker, uh had a terrible season last season. Would not be surprised at all to, to yeah, 38 see him make points. The, yeah, to to see him make the biggest climb back up the back up the standings. Uh, Nico throwing out Brad Miller, Blake Ernest throwing out Brad Miller. Uh, I have a hard time seeing that. I'll be honest. Can't get any worse for him though. Yeah. I have a hard time seeing that. I do. I I, I have a hard time seeing that one. I don't, I don't think that his game matches up all that well with what you need to do out there to be very successful. So Tommy Jones uh, would be my other one, Mike. I mean, yeah, but again, I you, you say Rash, you say Jones. Like, I I don't even know if you could qualify them as a uh, as comeback player. Well, they finished. He, Tommy Jones finished twenty seventh in points last year. I hear you, but like, it, it's not going to surprise me at all if he what? has a better season. It's Tommy. Should Joe Jones Flacco? Should Joe Flacco win comeback player of the year this year? Yeah, probably. Well, he was Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, but he was out of the league. He was out of the league, and he's only one Super Bowl. He's not an all timer. <laughs> I'm just Tommy saying. Jones, Sean Rash. These are all timers. These are absolute I'm, Hall of Famers. He well, ain't for me, near a Hall. Of for famer. me, comeback player of the year is someone who had a really bad year last year for what they and and have come back right from from that not their career but last year right. That's how I I did. Chris Prather is another. Chris Prather is a great one. I I thought about putting Chris Prather on it. You know, Chris. How Brady bad of a season did he have? I wouldn't call him a comeback 17. player either. Seventeenth, but for him, no. That's 17. I'm sorry. That's not bad enough. You can't be seventeenth in the world at Thomas something and considered a comeback player. Thomas Come on, Larson. Steph. That's ridiculous. Mike, what about Thomas Larson? Sixty second in points. You know. Okay. That, I don't. I don't see it happening. Kevin's pointing out Stu again. I thought Stu had a decent year last year. He was like in the yeah. top twenty, wasn't he? Stu Williams was um, – uh, sorry, Stu. I'm looking a lot further down than I should be. <laughs> 18th in points, Mike. 
Forty-two thousand. Yeah, no, you, 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 no, no, you can't. You can't get that. I'm sorry. It's got to be somebody who's, I'd say, outside the top twenty-five. Right. If the guy ain't outside that. the top twenty-five, I can't really consider them for comeback player. The other, yeah. the other person I had on my list was Darren Tang. That was the other person mm-hmm. I had on my list. I didn't. You, I didn't. That's not my pick. Frankie's my pick, but I had Darren Tang on my list too. So okay, cool. We'll All move right. on. Let's go. For who do you think is going to win their first title this year? I, I put Thomas Keiko, Tomas Keiko. Oh, oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I got Santu, but I, again, know. With the injury, right? Mm-hmm. I also I, I like Anthony Nyer to win his first title. Yeah, I think he's still a little bit early in his career for that. To be honest with you, I'd be surprised. Yeah, because I just I you know I just like his game. I think if if there's a couple weeks where the left is is there. Uh I think that that he can he he's the type of lefty that can take advantage of it. Yeah, I the reason why I picked Keiko is because Keiko's been making more shows than a lot of the other guys that I mentioned for first title. True. Um, AJ Chapman hasn't made enough uh TV time, I don't think, right now to be like for me. Keiko seems like he's on the up. He's he's getting up and higher and higher. I mean the guy the kid finished twentieth in points last year. Uh, so I think he's on the brink of it. Um, he just needs to carry one one show. He should have won. <laughs> Honestly, the kid should have won in that U.S. Open show. The kid hit the pocket every shot. Like it was it was a pretty amazing game he bowled. So I feel like he's comfortable on TV. It's just a matter of time until he's going to catch the breaks. Nico wants to know if you think Cortez will win a title. Uh, I mean, I, I I could see him making a show or two, but winning is a whole nother ball game. Eric, what's up, Eric? Asking, does Dombrowski have a national title? I don't believe he does. I like Kevin, Dombrowski. He's Kevin Weeks. I like his game. Kevin yeah. Kevin Weeks. Uh, Kevin Weeks has AJ Chapman. Uh, okay. I would love to see AJ just to. I want to see AJ crush him this year, just to 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 send a big fu to everybody who didn't draft him. Honestly, I'm rooting for the kid. I I I I, I met him a few times. I, I want him to throw a big fuck you to everybody out there. Um, all right, Mike. Um, Who's going to have the biggest decline this year, Rob? Oh, that's that's the easiest pick you've ever. And people are going to absolutely hammer me for this pick. It's going to be yes for Svensson. And the, you know why, Mike? No, it's not. It's going to be Jacob Butcher. No, no. I've seen Butcher yeah, throw is. strikes with a global nine. How about every lefty on tour? <laughs> Gonna have the then it's gonna decline. then if it's not Butcher, if it's gonna be Packy. Pa- Packy was my other pick. Packy is my other pick, but I, I'm I'm going with Jesper Svensson. I think you know, look like a spade a spade, right? Jesper is very very good when he has it with that pitch black. Um, when he doesn't have it with the pitch black and he has to make moves, and I don't think he's as good as advertised i hate to say it so um my pick is Jesper, and i think butters can win with reactive i do i believe that so if he does if, if the if the iq 78 isn't all that's hyped up to be and um wait but butters is on brunswick i'm sorry um if the nu isn't all hyped up to be in the new 78 urethane for hammer isn't all cracked up to be i think butters can still compete with with resin i've seen it and he's got such a crazy funky role like he's able to do some things that a lot of other lefties can't do um we're gonna we're gonna find out and even lucas is agreeing i can't believe lucas agrees with me 
that Jesper does struggle with reactive. So we're going to see if Jesper is going to be able to make that 78U work. Um, if he can, then he's going to have success. If he can't, then I think he's going to have a really bad year this year until he figures it out. Um, All right, player of the year, who you got? Uh, Anthony Simonson. That's who I got, too. I think it's his yeah. year. I think he's he's. I, you want to talk chip on his shoulder? If I was Simo, I have more of a chip on my shoulder than anybody on tour. The kid had might have had his probably best year last year and didn't win Player of the Year. So you know he's coming out on a mission to win. And if there's anybody who could adjust to anything, it's him. I love his game. Um. Okay, buying and selling stock. Hold keep on. in mind, Stop my... for a second. Yeah, Charlie Tab. What up, Charlie? Friend of the show says the new black urethane looks pretty good. Knowles has been rolling it pretty good here in Michigan. All right, well, that's interesting. It's interesting. We got to see it. We got to see it out there, though, Charlie. And you know this. You know, I mean, you know that's right. You know, we got we got to see it out there. But as I've said before, I'll say it again. If this new seventy-eight urethane is still effective and still works and still hooks and guys are still using urethane and the 78u urethane is in play heavily rob every episode we come on here i'm i'm going to want to talk about the conspiracy theory of eliminating the purple hammer okay i hope i hope you're right because because that will be that will be the story within the story if if the and you talked about storylines before, and to touch on what Charlie's saying here, the biggest storyline of this season, crazily, I mean it's like ridiculous, but the biggest storyline of this season is, is your thing going to work anymore or not? We'll find out okay. probably pretty quick. We probably will, and if it does, if this new seventy eight U, urethane hooks and works. Somebody, somebody at a high level, okay, is going to have to come on this show and explain to me why that is, all right, and 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 explain to me. And you know what? I think it should be Jeff Rickles. Actually, we should have Jeff Rickles on. I want Jeff. I want you to come onto the show, and I want to have a discussion about why that's the case, okay, and why, if that is the case, did we have to get rid of this other urethane? So. It changed uh, the change the hardness. By the way, in case anybody didn't know this, uh, we now can see uh, Twitter comments. Um, that's a new addition to this platform that we use. Um, and uh, Michael, good to good. You know, I don't think we've ever seen Michael in the chat. Uh, he's still thinking. You know, pitch black will be king on tour. Pitch blacks are illegal. You can't you can't use them on tour anymore. And he's not a fan of the 78U. I am not a fan of the 78U either. Um, I saw a bunch going down in the tournament. People trying to throw it. And it just, like I said, it wobbles, Mike. It's a wobbler. It is a wobbler. It's an interesting, um, it's, a, it's a funny comment from Tim. If the Black Pearl outperforms the 78U, they'll definitely ban it. I think they're uh, done banning stuff. I think it's done. I don't with, know. I think, according to the uh, article with Tom Clark, they, they got into it with... Uh, with Jeff about the urethane and about the banning and whatnot, and he just wants the thing to be legal and fair. All uh, right. That's what he said. Before um, we okay. go buying, uh, selling, who you got yeah. in the league? To win? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Hold on. I'll tell you right now. Uh, 
it's an easy pick for me. I'm ta- I'm taking Dallas. I'm riding with Bill in Dallas. You're riding with Bill in Dallas. Yeah. Um, I'm not taking the Portland Lumberjacks because if I did, I'd be at high, uh, I'd be completely hypocritical after all the crap I gave Tim Mack on the last show for his draft. Um, you know. Then I'm hypocritical too because I didn't like Dallas's picks, but I'm riding with them. But I'm I'm hypocritical, but I'm loyal. Yeah, I'm going with the Motown Muscle, um, just okay. because you have Simo and Tackett on the same team, and they're okay. two of the best players in the world. That's I mean, it's just to me that's going to be if I'm going to bet on a team, it's going to be them because of the fact if they're bowling Bakers or whatever it is, you have the best ninth and tenth players in the in the planet right and that's really important right. in big format so that would be my pick um okay let's buying, go to buying selling. selling this is a very interesting one because last year i got so much shit for selling kyle troop stock and i just said the reason why i sold his stock is because he had such a good year that it, it's so hard to duplicate right like it's such a hard year to duplicate for kyle what he did the previous year the earnings you know and everything he did I, but I'm not selling on EJ or Anthony this year because I think that would be crazy. My stock, I'm selling. I'm selling Packy, bro. I, I hate to say it, but I'm selling Packy. I'm selling Packy too. He finished seventh in points. I just, with the purple hammer out of play now, I just don't see it happening. Um, I'm sorry. I'm I'm selling all lefties. Right. It's a true. It's it's a Buttress, fair point. Kevin Williams, Packy, Matt Russo. Yes, bro. I'm selling all. I'm selling all lefties. I'm sorry. All lefties. It's nothing personal. <laughs> it's all business. Okay. Um, I think to me, I think out of all the lefties that could have success, and I'm gonna say it again. I think Jacob. I think Jacob has has the out of all the lefties out there has the most versatility, um, and uh, and really solid game to make up for a lot of the urethane that he's not gonna be able to throw. He could make it's a la- new laughable to me that you just said solid game with him and is, is the subject of that sentence. But nonetheless, he nonetheless he's uh, a great bowler, that kid. Um you know uh Lucas is in the chat saying buying Belmo and Simo. Lucas, that's too easy. In, too this, in this exercise, yes. You're right, Rob. In this exercise, Lucas, we would assume that the Simo, the Tackett, the Belmo stock were priced out of that. We're priced out of that. Why would you buy a stock already. at its highest you point? Can't, you can't you buy, buy Amazon now. You had to buy yeah. Amazon f- ten years ago, right? We're looking, we're looking for Mike, stocks that are really going to do something here. I'm buying AJ Johnson stock this year. He won his first title. He got the title, the hump off his back, the monkeys off his back. I think he can relax a little bit now. Uh, he finished in 24th in points. 58,000 in earnings. I think he gets another title this year, but he gets it on TV, which is okay. something that's a lot different than the title he won, right? Okay. And he's going to, his earnings, I think we'll see him be in the 80 to 90,000 to 100,000 earnings this year. I think AJ Johnson's finally put himself in a spot to, um, to, Break to really be in the top 10. This okay. Year. Uh, Michael on, on X is asking who's buying McCune. I was just going to ask Love Michael. McCune. Is is McCune's stock really high right now? He's a nine. Still, is it still moderate? If it's moderate, I'm buying McCune. If it's high, I'm laying off. Man, someone's kind of catching strays in the fucking chat right now. Let me pull up my man. I don't know, Dak, maybe Dak Prescott, Dak Arling. Rob, have you head to head, how many sticks does your bro Jeff have to spot you? 
right now he'd have to spot me like 50 pins because I'm injured. I'm on the shelf. Because Rob would back be balling left-handed. But back in my prime, yo, uh, Jeff couldn't beat me in my prime. I hate to say it. <laughs> I hate to say it. But now he'd be giving me 50. He'd bowl me lefty right now. I mean, I can't argue with that. Uh, I'd bowl lefty too, though. I might win, though. Jeff's a good bowler lefty. Anyway, okay. Um, so, so we, again, we got... I'm, I'm buying McCune as long as it's moderate. I'm buying Snodgrass stock. Okay. I'm buying that. Dom Barrett stock. Okay. Mm. I think I think Dom Barrett after last year, his stock is probably more moderately priced right now at the moment for what you're getting. So I would be buying some Dom Barrett. I'd be buying some Kyle Troop. I'd be buying a boatload, boatload of Chris Prather. Okay, boatload of Chris Prather stock. Like you know, who I think is we're not talking about who I think is going to have a great year because of the, the PBA league. Sean Lavery Spar. Mm, okay, I think Sean Lavery Spar has a really good year you're, this year. You're 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 buying chip on the shoulder stock. That's your that's your angle. You find the chips on the shoulders and you go after those. Because motivation is a is a, is a hell of a drug, Mike. When you're when you're angry and you're motivated, it, it you practice more, you take it more seriously. If you use that as it, if you use that as fuel, and you use as people of not drafting you, I mean, look what look what Simonelli did on that show. I mean, he fueled himself up. I think these guys have a bigger beef. I think Sean Navy Spar. I think AJ Chapman have bigger beefs than Simonelli did. Blake um, is saying he he's buying Alec uh, Keplinger. I love the kid's game. Is he bowling full time this year, Blake? I, I, he's still bowling for Wichita. I assume he's in school. Uh, I'd I'd buy that stock if it's available. If it's if it's gone public and he's offering IPO, I would be buying some Keplinger stock. I like his game. And then yeah. I had uh, I had Sterner, Hoope, Sterner is always a solid and Lavoie. Uh, and I'm buying their stock too. I'm buying okay, way so more than I'm selling. You're there. buying everybody, you're but buying I got another guy I'm selling though. And there, there was an announcement made today that even furthered my, uh, my, my. I'd, I'd sell it all off at this point after I saw this announcement today. Mike, let's talk Belmo because I Sam, know that wait, was a Sam story Cooley line. went to Motive. Sam no. Cooley went to Motive. I don't know. About so I'm selling Sam Cooley. Why? <laughs> <laughs> EJ um, makes him look great. I mean, you know, it, it's possible you could do it. Um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm selling Sam Cooley. Going I do from think though. To motive, so I'll be honest with know. you. When it comes to moving to motive, I do think there is a transition period from going to Storm to motive. I think you see it with a lot of players out there who did the jump to motive. It took them uh, realistically almost a full year to to adjust to the motive motion than the Storm motion. Um, and I think AJ Johnson is a good uh like example of that right i think it took aj a little bit to get used to the motive stuff um, but i think now that he's gotten used to it he's starting to able to learn from it and, and, and throw it so um okay blake clarifying the kevin right. graduated last year so i guess he's bowling all right. so let's okay, yeah, I so like that. all right Lucas, i would have you're, you're you're gonna you're gonna make some money on that bro you're gonna make some yeah. money on that it was an anomaly um I would talk about rookie of the year, but I don't even know what rookies are bowling. So it's hard. You can't even get a roster. Rookie you know, of the year is tough. I feel like rookie of the year, you got to look halfway through the season. 100%. And see who's bowling. See, see who's, who's out, out there, there full rookie. time. You know, it's, it's, it's tough to know. 
All right. So let's let talk me, Belmont let's, real let's, quick. I want to talk okay, Belmont. Okay, real quick. okay. I want to talk you bets. I want to talk bets. Okay. What do you think, Belmo? So let's talk bets. If you were to give odds on Belmo being player of the year this year, what are your what are you giving him? I can tell you right off the bat what my odds would be for Belmo to be player of the year this year. I think five hundred to one. Five hundred right, right. to one. Not five hundred to one. I'm sorry. Five plus five hundred. So five to plus one. Plus five hundred. Plus five hundred. I was gonna say plus six hundred. I'd say five to one, six to one would be where I'm at. Okay. I say uh Simo would be around three to one or two to one, and Tackett would be right around the same. Yeah, I would agree. Does Belmo win a major this year? I'd bet that. I'd bet, bet that, that every year. Bet. Every year. In fact, I came up with it. One of the bets I'd like to put in if we could do futures. Sure. Shoot. Would be Simo Tackett Belmo parlay to win a major. All three of them winning a major? All three winning a major. Uh, you'd probably get at least, what, like 25 to 1 on that? Oh, I mean, I think it's got to be higher than that to I pick three so. winners of majors before the season starts. I mean, that's that's got to be pretty high odds. But so how, about this? Is, how about this? How about this? How about if you did? One. How about if you did a a four a four piece parlay with those three plus another player that you like to win a major? Like I would put Prather in there myself. So I would have Prather, Belmo, Simo, Tackett all to win a major in the season. I mean, that's that, there'd have to be sick-ass odds on a I bet would, like that. If I was going to pick another player to win a major other than those three, it would be Don Barrett. Mm. Okay. Don Barrett would be my, um, my sleeper to win player of the year th- this year. I would also like to put in a parlay. For multiple titles, multiple titles for Tackett and Simo. You're just picking all the easy. That's I mean, you're just parlaying Tackett, well, Simo, I'm, and Belmo. I'm parlaying them. I mean, what kind of odds you think I'm going to get on that? I'm going to get. I'm going to get. You know, maybe plus one fifty on that. No, I'm going to get one and a half to one on that. I do think Kyle Troop though is good. You're going to see him a little bit more this year. Kid just got engaged, you know. His tour is starting. Guys, look living, at that. You know, living the dream. Lucas says Belmo Simo Tackett parlay would be five hundred to one to win a major. And if you toss in another oh. player, it's eight thousand to one. I don't Oof. think so. You're crazy with those Man. odds. Thank God you don't. You don't work for. I hope you would work for Bet Rivers and put those odds in. Steph. Steph likes this. Uh, Tackett Simo via Cooley Troop to win a title. Wow, what a parlay that is. Right? That's quite a parlay. Five-way parlay. I like that parlay, though. I like that. I would actually put that, too. Uh, Uh, Kevin's saying I'm chalk. I'm putting together parlays, Hoss. These are (laughs) are multiple-leg parlays. You got to take bets that are going to hit. So here's my question for you, Mike. Um, Does does our boy, does Bill O'Neill win a title this year? So you're saying the bet is Let's Bill O'Neill. What's the odds? Bill O'Neill over under titles 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. Am I taking am I taking action on that? <laughs> yeah, yeah you always action would. on that, of course. Okay. I mean, um, well, so will I be surprised if he doesn't? I won't. 
But would I be surprised if he does? I, I won't. You know, I think he's kind of at that point in his career. Wow, Lucas says Lucas, 200, 200 to 1. To one. 200 to 1. Give me, Damn, give me you that. Give me 200 to day. 1. I'm throwing 50 on that, son. I'm throwing 100 on that. Give me 50 on that. Um. Okay, what are the odds? How about this? The odds of a lefty winning a title this year. Any lefty. Uh, One-handed, two-handed. Geez, that's a good one. That's a that's a that's a how plus, about this plus plus five hundred five to one? No, I would have said probably like fifty to one. Okay, that a lefty wins a title this year. I would take that too, and just hope that one that one tournament they just completely you know they give it to them a few tournaments of the year. Nico, I love the I love this bet. This would be a really interesting bet for pet for Bet Rivers to put up. What odds could you get on EJ, Simo, or Belmo to win more than one major in the season? I would take that in a heartbeat. You know who? Who would you take? Who would you take? You got to pick one, right? Imagine they all have their own odds. You taking Belmo? Belmo. I'm taking Simo. That's the major king. The guy's the major king. You got to take him to win. Like he's a safe bet on the majors. Um, Uh, Would you have anybody? That you would want to bet on what? If, what if they let you bet on people who are going to make multiple shows? Can you put together a parlay for me there, Rob? Of multiple shows that's going to get us good odds. I could. Dom Barrett. I mean, obviously, obviously, you're going to have your. You're going to take Belmo, Simo, Tackett, right? It. You're going to take Dom those Barrett. three. Barrett. Okay. I'm taking Barrett. I'm gonna. I take, still don't uh, think the odds are high enough for me. I need another two. two I'm gonna legs take Bill. I'm gonna take Bill to make multiple shows. Okay. Bill always makes multiple shows. Now, if he wins, is a different story. But he's always. We need. Shows. We need. We need one. We need one more. AJ Johnson. Ooh. Okay. I. I like that parlay. I like yep. that parlay a lot. Six way parlay. Six leg parlay to make multiple shows. Yep. Belmo, Simo, Tackett. Barrett, Bill, AJ Johnson. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, all right. Yes. Yeah, um, how about this what is are the, the kind odds? Of stuff I wish I wish we could bet on. I wish we could bet on. Leading money winner. Your brother says leading money winner over under 450. I mean, Jeff, we're gonna be heavy on the under on that. Under. Because heavy AJ, on the under. Yeah, he had like Jeff, a four fifty eight. He had a historical season, he made four hundred and fifty eight thousand and Anthony Simo only made 347, only made 347, Mike. Oh, Lucas, you're out of control now. You're out yeah, of pocket. He, just, he's, he's he just says trolling. a million to one that that six-leg parlay hits. No way. I mean, that would be a very high odds parlay, no question. But I don't – it ain't going to be a million to so one. Here, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Mm, there's some interesting here. I would – um. Love to just throw like some really deep underdogs to like make a show or win a title. Um, Ooh. like somebody like, um, I bet you you can get really good odds on someone like, uh, you know, like Anthony Nyer, um, mm-hmm. making a show or someone like, uh, Wesley Lowe making a show. Mm. Um, stuff like that would be cool to be able to put in there, getting some sick odds or, uh, Dickie Allen winning a title, I think would be. You know, an interesting one. Just a seasoned veteran coming in and winning one. Uh, DJ Tom, Archer. Tom, Tom in the chat on YouTube likes Brad Miller for a title. I think you get mm. sick odds on that. Sick, sick odds on that. 
Yeah, Anthony a Andrew Anderson to win a title on a, a major. You're probably gonna get at least my opinion, at least a hundred to one on that for a major for Andrew. Um, mm. You know, um, but yeah, uh, how about some like crazy prop bets, Mike? What are the odds a seven ten gets made on on a show this year? Oh, that would that would be big odds. Big odds, big right? Odds. Huge odds. What are the Huge. odds a fight breaks out? Or some kind of drama or oh, argument. Let's go back to the wrestling nonsense. Oh, my goodness. How about this? How about this prop bet? Title one with your thing. How about how oh. about a prop bet of how many games? Championship game. How many games? No. How many games on a show is your thing thrown for for the season total? Oh, Right, what would the over under be there? That well, would be an interesting bet. You'd have to figure out how many shows, right? And, then and how many to, games are going to be bold, and then, and then you have to look yeah. at the patterns that are being put out, right? Yep. And then yep. you would have to wonder that at least the first, like, you'd have at least one or two games on every show that's going to have urethane thrown on it. Um, Fair so, point. Yeah, so that's how I would do it. I, I would be able to make a, a really smart bet. Let's go back yep. to the fighting, though. What's the odds that uh, there's drama or someone yelling at someone or cursing at each other on a show this year? Zero. Um, God, I hope. Boring please, shows for the like love we of always God. Get. No, please. Somebody do something. Yeah. something Sorry. Interesting. All right, Mike. Is there anything else um, we want to no, cover? No, I think that's it. I think we covered it. Perfect. Um, are, are, is it time? Are we ready to go? Worst of the week? Yeah, let's go. All right. All right, my uh, let me see. My worst of the week was easy this year. Uh, it's from the Brunswick or this week. It was it was from the Brunswick Bowling Fans uh, Facebook page. It's from an anonymous member, so I can't uh, I can't actually say you know. There's no name for me to give, but uh, person says brands of Brunswick ball most like the Venom Shock. I saw that. Just drill a venom shock. <laughs> like, I got bad news for you, bro. Whoever this anonymous person is. It's the goat. Like, the balls. It's one of the best balls ever made. Ever. In the history of bowling balls. It's it, it's probably a top, top five three. ever. It's arguable. Not Isn't Rushmore. it arguable that it's top three? But it's not top Rushmore. five. It is top five. No question. Definitely of all-time bowling balls made. Like, if you want a ball that good, guess what? Drill guess it. what? You got to drill that actual ball. Okay, still make there it. is there is no ball Brunswick has that's like that. Because if there was, we'd all know it, and everybody would have it, and it would be in the bag. Mike, oh, but do you see goodness. how these bowling companies? Do you see how these bowling companies have these people uh, brainwashed? Yeah, that are in these forums. It's like, well, I don't want to drill anything but a Brunswick because I'm loyal oh. to Brunswick. Dude, you should never ever be loyal to one company unless you're on staff or they're paying you, which means you're on staff, right? Or they're giving you free shit to throw their stuff, right? If you're a patch pirate, you should be local to your, you know, patch pirate uh, company that you're getting stuff from. But if you don't have any, like, just drill everything. Drill a purple hammer. Drill a venom shock. Drill a high road. Drill the best balls that are still being made. Why are you loyal to your company to these companies? They're not loyal to you. 
They don't give a shit about you. Use the best equipment you can to make your game better. Yeah. You know? Oh, what's the be- what's more like the Venom Shock? Like, stop it. Drill a Venom Shock and be done. All right, Mike. Nico's all staff. You, that's the only way to be is be all staff unless you're on uh, the staff. Unless you're on college team that's forcing you to throw the one company, you're on staff. You're getting paid for it. Don't, no, don't limit free yourself. Equipment anyway. Yeah, don't limit yourself to one company. Trust me, they, they're not loyal to you. Why are you going to be loyal to them? Agreed. Um, my is from the my favorite, my favorite message forum, better than the USBC message board, and this doesn't have Tim Buck, Mike. This is just the wild, wild west <laughs> of bowling. Everybody wants to drill a short pin. I don't know what their obsession is with short pin layouts. It's like you see five posts every day about people asking questions about short pin layouts. Let me tell you about short pin layouts real quick. Well, let me go on a side rant. Short pin layouts are terrible. Don't ever waste a, a new bowling ball on a short pin layout. A one-inch pin, a two-inch pin, don't waste your time. If you're going to drill a one-inch pin, drill a purple hammer. If you're going to drill a two-inch, drill an IQ tour, drill it smooth. It's unbelievable how many people are, are wasting their equipment because some somebody is telling them to drill a short pin. Stop it. Stop drilling short pins. They suck. If you want to experiment, plug up a ball, drill a one-inch to two-inch. It's going to hook at your foot. It ain't going to do shit. It, it might be good on certain conditions, but trust me. Take my word for it. You know, I don't think we you, really, you rarely see pros these days throwing really like one-inch or two-inch pins. I don't think you see it there. You're better off just drilling a purple hammer. Anyway, back to my worst of the week. The bowl, uh, My brother has a good comment here. I asked the touring pro about short pin layouts, and he said they're so good. Why isn't anyone on tour using them? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they're great. Um, the bowling science forum, where uh, the 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 where it's Christmas every day, Mike. Um, anyone ever used? A sous vide. Is that how you call it, Mike? What is it? <laughs> what is it? Uh, a sous vide. A sous vide. A sous vide. We were laughing about that before. A sous vide. Has anyone ever used a sous vide, a sous vide, to clean your bowling ball? So let me get this straight, Mike. This guy wants to take his bowling ball, put it in a, a Ziploc. And dip it in what? What is it like? Steaming hot water? Is that how they cook? Yeah. Well, I guess you'd put it in a bag. Sous vide is usually like you put it in a vacuum sealed bag and then put it in hot boiling water. Uh, What? I mean, what? That's how someone wants to clean their bowling. I don't even know. Like, how would you build a big enough sous vide bath for a for a bowling ball? Like sous vide things are for like steaks or something why is who this guy what heating what heating element are you putting in a a a thing big enough for a bowling ball and when if you put the bowling ball in a plastic bag and you sous vide it (laughs) which just seems like a ridiculous idea to me but if you did do that if you did do that if you did take a bowling ball and put it in a put it in a vacuum sealed bag and and you you sous vide the bowling ball in some boiling water, wouldn't that make a mess inside the the actual sealed bag? Like you'd have all kinds of oil and dirt and and stuff inside that bag. Dude, people are so obsessed with their bowling balls. 
I mean, it's Char- Charlie says he used the sous vide in Milwaukee in 1981. Oh my goodness, dude! I, if when you're out there, people really pay attention to these message boards. Um, dude, there is so many people obsessed with their bowling balls. How to keep them clean? Like, there's a uh, um, like you know tricks, homemade tricks to you know so they don't have to spend the twenty dollars in a bowling ball polish. Uh, someone was asked if they could use car polish to clean their bowling balls, like like turtle wax, I guess. Now that uh, Ron Hicklem is using turtle wax to clean his uh, true cut gloss or whatever, people are now trying to use turtle wax on their bowling balls. Holy crap, just wow. spend the money and buy the cleaner. You spend $185 to $250 to buy the bowling ball. Spend the extra $20 to clean the ball. Like It's just incredible. Um what kind of I just used to use plain rubbing alcohol, bro. Yeah, you can't do that. I don't think you could do that anymore, though. No, I think, okay. no, I don't think that's bad for the ball. Buy the buy the cleaner you can get from from the pro shop. Like it is what it is. Spend the extra money. People looking for cut uh, like to cut costs and stuff to clean their stuff. Like, uh, man, but the epidemic, man, I hate it. I, I, it just to, to see everybody so obsessed with their bowling equipment is just unbelievable to me. Like, I just don't get it. My favorite, my favorite thing to put on my bowling ball. And I like, I had access to a pro shop, you know, when I was a teenager and I used to resurface my stuff a lot. And my favorite thing to put on the bowling ball made the bowling ball look better than anything was finesse it polish. It was this white, like, like, cream polish and you would just put it on a paper towel just put it right on the ball and then kind of rub it in and make sure it all got in good and man the shine that it would put on that ball was just something else i missed i'll be honest with you i rarely ever clean my bowling balls um me i rather give it to the pro shop and spend the three dollars or the five dollars and have them hit it with a a, a, an abrolon pad like for me, like I didn't ever clean my stuff. I would just hit it with an Abrolon pad. And if you really wanted to get really cool, like you wanted to really get it, have them like maybe throw a little bit of cleaner and then hit it with an Abrolon pad and do it on the spinner. Um, but I remember when I was a kid, my when I was sixteen, my mom bought us a spinner, and we put the spinner in the in the in the garage, and we had it in a, one of those big Tupperware bowl like things, and then. We'd able to literally like bring this stuff back to the house, spend Clean it. like hours on the spinner right. with the Avalon pads and the cleaner, and then you you were great. Well, back so, then, man, it wasn't even Avalon pads; it was actually sandpaper. We did some sandpaper, but yeah. at the time there was starting. To, I think, yeah, we we had all kinds of different grit sandpapers. Yeah, um, all kinds of different grit. Learn how to resurface the balls by hand and do all that. But honestly, like I think. If you guys are out there and you guys are realizing you're spending a lot of money getting your bowls clean, whatever, like invest in the spinner. I'm being serious. Like go buy a spinner, the big white bottle. Well, that was that was the finesse. It oh, was a clear a bottle, but it was white inside of it. And yeah, it was just the best stuff that I ever Yeah, seen. I would I would recommend everybody to go. And if you have a garage and you have a way to do it, like buy a spinner. Buy a spinner and then just buy the Aberlons and learn how to do it yourself, and you'd be surprised. You never really would have to ever clean your really bone balls ever again, honestly. Just hit it with Aberlon pads. All right, let's wrap it up. All right, Mike, let's do it.
My final thought, I mentioned it earlier a little bit. RPIs going on. Check it out. Finals are tomorrow, I believe. Check it out. Great competition. The regional guys deserve to be recognized. You know, need to build that regional program up. Need to need to put that in the spotlight in some way. This is their biggest event of the year. You got a regular event and a uh, senior event. So make sure that you check that out. That's my final thought. My favorite time of the year, Mike. The biggest waste of time and resources the USBC puts on every year, the Team USA Trials. I, I don't even know why they do it. It's uh, It seems like it's a waste of time and money. Um, Sorry, format- I made a mistake. RPI finals are tonight. Check it out. Check it out tonight or catch up on it tomorrow. The Team USA Trials. I don't know. There's not even a Team USA. Boeing's... I don't think we'll ever be in the Olympics in our, in our lifetime. Um, as long as the IBF continues to do what they're doing, I don't think we'll see bowling for a really long time. Uh, but we, yet we st- continue to have these Team USA tryouts. The format's terrible. Uh, if anybody wants to really not really understand of the way a format works, is the higher day of like six days of qualifying, I think it is. Um, five, no, sorry, five blocks of qualifying and the higher place you finish each day, the lower amount of points you receive. So first place receives one point, second place receives two points. They don't take a, they don't take total pins in, into consideration, Mike. It's just the place you finished. And then at the end of the, the, the five days, they have a cut based on who has the most, who has the less points. So essentially, you could out average the field in, 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 in a world in this format. You could out average the field by 20 pins and total pinfall for all five days and not be in the top five or 10 of the tournament. If you, I, I'll be honest, I don't flush- get this tournament. I don't get this tournament just because it's like, it's Team USA trials, but it's also the U.S. Amateur Championship. Well, but it's, it's, there's pro bowlers bowling, but yeah. there's pro bowlers bowling, and there's juniors. But bowling. There's also junior bowlers bowling, right. mm-hmm. and and junior gold's supposed to be like the 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 proving juniors. ground for right. juniors in Team USA. But it seems like all the kids on Team USA come out of the team trials and not really junior gold, and it's supposed to be a qualifying for Team USA, but then if you bowl good enough to qualify, it doesn't even guarantee that you're going to bowl for Team USA. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it's nonsense. No, it's, it's nonsense. crazy. And honestly, they should get rid of it. They, they should. should redo the system for Team USA for the adult Team USA. It's real simple. Set it on Twitter. Jeff Riggles wanted us to discuss it here, and ain't a real long discussion. Start at the top of the PBA list. And keep going until you got six people. And that's See, it. the problem is, is my brother mentioned that he used to work for Team USA. That they they it's it's in the rules that, that you they have, have to have, have a qualifying, qualifying event. Okay. So here's so, what you do, Mike. Here's so what you have do. a qualifying event. It's simple, right? If you want to call it the national amateur championship, you can't call it that first off, because like you said, there's pros bowling. Okay. Now you and then you can't just crown the highest amateur to be national amateur champion. Right when you have pros bowling, you have it's it's a fugazi, right? It's it's a farce. Um, 
yes, if you want to run it, run the format so that's actually like, hey, you want to do like a U.S. Open type qualifying format where you have whatever it is, you know, 24 games, 18 games of qualifying, and you want to go top 24 and do match play, and then a top five step ladder, then I could maybe get on board with the with it with the better format, right? Um, here's there's so much politics in this tournament that it's it's ridiculous because. Like even on Twitter, like George Gohagen mentioned about how like Pharaoh Williams got, you know, made the top five one year of the team and he wasn't even getting picked to go bowl the tournaments. So you could and then they they're going as far as sometimes I even read somewhere they went down as far as like 19th and picked and picked players. Right. So it, it, there's so much like politics involved. Right. Um, and, you know, these people, these people, they go. Because it's a team you I think sometimes I feel like the USBC sells the, the the people on the team USA aspect of it, right? You get to go represent your country, you get to travel. And then, look, those are all good points, right? And if I was a younger, you know, person that maybe wanted to do that, I, I would be for that. It, it, it's great, right? To go to different countries, both for your both for your country, whatever. But like I'm just reading right now, Shannon Pluhowski is leading the women, right? What and I'm I'm being honest here. What does she get out of leading and winning another team USA and going? I'm just trying to understand that. Like, what is she getting out of it? She's been doing it for how many years? Well, I mean, of- she wants she wants to bowl for her country, and that's great. But but let's be honest. Should someone with Shannon Pulhowski's resume have to show up and bowl what amounts to a a, a semi junior tournament? To prove that she's eligible for Team USA, I mean, come on, she's one of the best female bowlers ever. You know, she so, be automatically so like, like on. The it's team just team. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I agree with you. I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't really pay too much attention to it. I check the standings just to see if there's any any young kids that are really competing with some of the top level players out there. I also look at it to see if there's any of the top level players that really look like they're falling off and not even able to compete in that environment, which is kind of shocking to me. But Do we even know who the selection committee is? Have they ever announced or released? Lucas, in all of your years of covering, have they ever, like, unveiled on who the selection committee was who was actually making the picks? Like, I'm just curious. I've always been curious. I feel like that's, like, the biggest kept secret in, like, this, like, tournament. Like, who is picking these players? Like, who's... I'd always be curious if it's a bunch of ex Team USA people or, or whatever it is. Like, um, just I'm kind of interested in that. Um, yes, they do say who the committee is. I don't know who it is this year, so they are transparent with the who the committee is. Well, that's good. That's I would I I would love to be able to see who the committee is. I'm just curious in my own like. The bowling world is small, so I'm pretty sure we probably know a lot of those people that are on the committee. All right, um, listen, I demand that we wrap it up right now. Okay, you demand. We are. I do. Uh, We're we're gonna go. It's late. We went into super overtime. Hope you enjoyed our PBA preview show. Can't wait for the action to start up. Uh, We'll be watching this week. I'll be I'll I'll be catching up on the RPI tomorrow, and I'll be watching the action going into this week. Uh, Checking out the PBA league action as well that we have to look forward to. Uh, Follow us on social media. We'll be on Twitter and active. Uh, I'm at the two one fifth. He's at book, book, Brooklyn Rob eleven. Uh, reach out to us through email, sweet the racket Gmail. We love getting the emails. In fact, there were a couple emails Rob we wanted to highlight tonight. We didn't get around to doing it. Well, we'll do that next week. Uh, we will hit everybody up and let everybody know what our schedule is going to be for next week after we talk about it a little bit later on. 
And uh, yeah, listen, Bet Rivers, don't forget, go check it out. Go, go, uh, go, check it out. See what bets they got available. If, if you're able to get bet. your bets in, get your action in. If you're able to bet, gamble responsibly, obviously. But uh, definitely check that out. Uh, Rob, always fun, and I will see everybody next week. There you guys. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.